When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the PHNX Suns postgame show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Espo, and unfortunately, Espo for us, the Phoenix Suns fell to the Houston Rockets 122-121. This one came down to the wire. Before we get into our three points, I just want to ask you, on a scale of one to ten, how are you feeling right now? Negative two. Negative two. I'm stuck in this house. I'm starting to feel like crap. I watched a basketball team play like crap. I'm not feeling good, Lindsay. That's uh, what I'm trying to tell you here. Oh no, you're having a really rough night. I'm really sorry to hear that. I'm not that bad, to be honest with you. I'm like a six. Like that game sucked. We should have won, absolutely. But I'm not like. I'm not overly frustrated about it. It's well, just... you should be. <laughs> Usually I am really frustrated. I don't know what it is about tonight's game. I just feel like this one is one you absolutely just flush down the toilet and never look back. Uh, can can I have one second before we did three points? Yes. Which will really be two points because everybody <laughs> bailed on us tonight. Uh, there is no such thing as a trap game in the NBA. At least there shouldn't be. You are paid to go out there and do a job. And it should not matter if you were playing the worst team in the league or the best team in the league, like the Boston Celtics that you come got coming in on Wednesday. I'm sorry, but who's on the schedule should not matter. You should go out there and do your job. And tonight, the Phoenix Suns, and yes, the refs, did not do their job. I'm frustrated with it because there shouldn't be trap games. Your professionals do your job. Yes, I agree. But we all have off nights. We all don't show up to work and, and perform 100%, 100% of the time. Like, do they get paid way more money than we do? Yeah, because it's a way cooler job than everybody else has. But it is what it is. Like, I, I get it. I'm frustrated. But... Like Come it's, on, it's I would rather lose this game than than against the Celtics next week. Lindsay, they, what if we, we lost against the Celtics next week? I would be far more frustrated than losing against the Rockets because everyone will chalk this up as a trap game. If we lose Lindsay, against the Celtics, then the Suns suck. They're frauds. Blah 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 blah. Lindsay, we've done what two hundred shows together? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more. I haven't kept count. I've never had an off night in those two hundred. Right. Yeah, you're just supposed to say yes there. I don't know. I have, yes, yes, no. Nobody should have off that? nights. That's all I'm saying. This is true. Okay, well, let's get into our three points. Or as Espo said, it's two points tonight because it's just you and I. Espo, you start. 
Yeah, my point is is a simple one tonight. It's the refs. I mean, the the discrepancy in free throw shooting tonight was uh, was abysmal. The Suns had what what was it? Nineteen in the end to forty three for the Rockets. That's that's insane. Jalen Green had sixteen. He had just three fewer than the Suns as a total. That is ridiculous. Uh, now, some of it's the refs, some of it is the Suns and their style of play, but that large of a discrepancy is insanity. And yet again, we sit here and we wonder, what are the refs doing? We saw multiple foul calls on DA early, took him out of a rhythm. Devin Booker had him. He got a technical for jawing about a call that didn't really seem like he was talking that much when the Rockets, the next trip down or a trip down not too far later in the game, they're jawing while dribbling the ball and get no tech. The refs were off tonight, and that was a big reason why the Suns could shoot overall 52% and shoot 45 or basically 46% from three and still lose a game. My point's going to hang out in the positivity corner tonight. It's obviously got to be Devin Booker, and the number is three. Three straight games of 40 or more points scored for Devin Booker. He has been on a tear as of late, and I have thoroughly enjoyed watching Devin Booker play basketball, not just these last three games, but these last three games specifically, just because it's been so fun. And even though Tonight's game sucked. We did get a lot of really great Devin moments that were enjoyable to watch. Yeah, so. Devin, uh, Devin was fantastic. I mean, at, at one point, he had gone four quarters of play uh, and had scored 69 points. Nice. Uh, you know, that's a lot, of, uh, a lot of scoring and efficiency that you saw from Devin Booker. But what doesn't happen tonight? DeAndre Ayton doesn't have a night, right? No. And I'm putting that in part at the feet of, uh, of Monty Williams uh, for that. But it, you can't – Devin Booker can't score 41 and have other teammates not do enough. You can't waste nights like tonight for Booker. And people go, oh, wait, uh, you know, Devin missed the, the final shot, so it's, it's on him. No, it's not on Devin Booker. The dude dropped 41. That's three straight games of, uh, of 40 or more uh, that he's had like this is not on Devin Booker this was on multiple other factors Devin Booker was spectacular tonight I love what he's been able to do uh, as of late and I just wish that they had done enough tonight to get him over the hump yeah and I mean you can't just put all the blame on book right even though he did miss that shot campaign missed a shot right before that and cam campaign he played really well at the beginning of this game then took a deep dive and just nosedived. And then he came back up for a hot second and hit a really big bucket for this team, but he couldn't knock it down when it meant the most at the very end there. And Devin did his best to uh, to get a win for this team, but it just didn't work out. So it is what it is. But Espo, I'll let you pick. Do you want to start with positive and talk about Devin, or would you like to start with um, your point and the officiating and the free throw discrepancy? You know, let's start with the negative and, and wrap okay. it up with the positive. <laughs> I feel like a lot of us just have some frustration. Yes, we'll get to the starting lineup tonight. We'll talk a little bit about that, but let's start yes. uh, with the free throws. And look, I get it. The Phoenix Suns are not a physical team. 
Unfortunately, that has been the case all year. But they did enough tonight where there was contact. They didn't get calls. Uh, and, and the other end, they seem to be getting soft calls uh, on on Houston. Now, I, I'm still a believer that you can't blame officiating on most nights because there's bad calls both ways. But when it's this egregious, and we've had multiple times this year, there's multiple factors going into it. There were bo- bad calls both ways. The Suns didn't force the issue enough, and the refs gave the Rockets uh, some favorable calls uh, at certain times in this game that usually go to the home team, plus really soft technical on Booker. Now, the difference, though, in part is, you know, the Suns didn't take advantage of all their free throws. I believe Devin Booker missed three of them tonight, and that's that's just not acceptable, especially down the stretch. He had one there that he missed. And when you look at it, that's the difference between this game going to overtime and them losing when they couldn't convert in the final 26 seconds that they had the ball down there. That's problematic. The Suns need to figure out how to get to the line more, but the league also needs to figure out a way to rein in some of this officiating and even it out some more. I agree. So the totals were Suns were 14 of 19 from the charity stripe and the Rockets were 34 of 43. Now, I think this tweet from our friend Jordan kind of summed up how we were feeling, especially in the first half of the game, right? Because this came in the first half, said, these officials are killing me. How do the Rockets get this level of respect and the Suns don't? So I'm with you, Espo. I'm not blaming the officials for this entirely because I also, the Rockets, you got to give them some credit where credit is due here, right? This is kind of how that team is built. They averaged 25.3 free throw attempts per game this season. Now, obviously, 43 is a lot higher than 25, but they do average a good amount of free throws each game. However, I think it's the respect factor in there in the certain points in time, like you had mentioned, when Book got a tech for arguing with a ref. But then not even like two minutes later, on the other side of the floor, who was it? Was it Kevin Porter Jr.? I believe so, yes. Was able to, while playing and dribbling, argue with a ref and get away with it. Like, I think that's what frustrated me the most was that you could feel that even in the conversations between players and refs, there was a little bit more leeway given to Rockets players than there were Suns players. Yeah, look, we don't know what Book said compared to what what the Rockets said. I mean, that's that's the honest truth. I mean, there there could have been something egregious said by book and that didn't happen on the other end of the court, but optics always matter with that stuff. I mean, it was, I don't want to look, I don't want to fully blame the refs because that's a cop out, but this was 43 free throws. The most the Rockets have shot all season long. And, And yes, they have young athletic guys that get to the rim and, and, you know, put some pressure uh, on on defenses, but I look I look at the play that Monty challenged. Right, that's not a foul. I'm sorry. I know you've got to give guys the room to land, but if the guy literally sticks his arm out and makes sure that he gets contact with uh, with Mikhail Bridges' shoulder, there, that's that's not that that that's not the spirit of the rule. There, I know they reviewed it. They said he was 
was in that landing area. But man, that's some weak, weak stuff. And I hate to do the old man get off my lawn, but back in my day, I mean, that's not a that's not a foul. I mean, they laugh at you if you try to claim that's a foul. And I get the game has evolved, but some of this is just getting ridiculous. Well, and you know, I also think that we, we can be hard on DA. I'm totally okay with that. But I also think that DA specifically as a big man doesn't get the same respect as other big men in the league do as far as being physical. Um, some of that's probably on him and, and not setting that tone or coming out of the gates with that kind of mentality um, just to, in a weird way, kind of train the referees to understand that that's your style of game like some of these other guys maybe have. But I do think that sometimes the refs almost punish DA for playing physically. Yeah. And but I think that, that doesn't help him at all. But I think part of that's because, just like us, we're the refs are surprised when they see him play physical. It's not his normal brand of ball, so so sometimes it's it's even more noticeable when he does something like that, right? It's, yeah. Look, the Suns screwed themselves tonight. The refs the refs helped to give the give Houston a window, but the Suns were up sixteen in the third. They they had every chance tonight. Uh, they leave Eric Gordon open for that three that really was the difference maker there in the fourth to push the lead to five for Houston. And then they, they missed four opportunities down the stretch uh, uh, in that final, uh, final play for the Suns. It's on them in the end, but I just, it, it just seems ridiculous how big of a discrepancy that, that free throw was. It was that and second chance points that that made the difference why the Suns could shoot so well and shoot you know 48% from deep and still lose this game. This is where the math don't exactly math because there's there's other factors than 3 being worth more than 2. All right. So I I think I'm ready to move on from the officiating if that's okay and a lot yep. of people in the chat are bringing up Monty Williams and kind of um the decisions that he was making tonight. We got a super chat that started it off from Trevor. Trevor, thank you for your super chat. They said it's on Monty. Why did he Well, where did that go? Hold on. Says it's on Monty. Why did he not start book in the fourth or why did he not pull the bench out when we started losing the lead? That was frustrating. I, I think it goes even further back. I think he made an egregious error in starting Dario Saric. I know everybody loves the homie. Everybody wants the great comeback story. But it really screwed up the, the spacing, the chemistry. I think it threw off DA because it just didn't work like it usually does. That was the first mistake. And then he went back to him in the second half. And I understand... Look, I'll give all the uh, all the stickers and and positive points to him for trying real hard and trying to do the little things on defense. But right now, there is no spot in this rotation for Dario Saric. He looks like when you're playing 2K and you get lag and everything starts playing choppy. Like that's what he looks like right now. Ish Wainwright should have gotten that start. Should have played major minutes. He's better at spacing. He's more physical right now, and he can play better defense. It was it was a mistake to start Dario. If you're going to do it, I understand doing it against the Rockets because you think you got a little bit more leeway. But he should have been quicker 
on on the on the hook with Dario because I really feel like it it screwed with DA. It screwed with some of that early offense, and you just can't have that. I mean, and and defensively, it cost them as well. I I'm not hating on Dario the man. Dario Dario the guy is fantastic. I think Dario the teammate is spectacular, but Dario the player right now. I think what he is is an expiring contract and nothing more at this point. You know, it really hurts my heart to agree with you. I know in the pregame I was very optimistic about Dario getting the start tonight, but you're right. He just doesn't have it anymore. And him and DA on the floor together, they just they can't coexist. It does not work. It screws everything up. If DA's already in the paint, Dario, you can't go in there too. Like, it just... It is what it is. It's really frustrating. It's disappointing. And a lot of people in the chat have mentioned, like, why didn't Monty make an adjustment? It's one thing to start with Dario thinking, like you said, it's against the Rockets. Maybe we can get away with it. But when it wasn't working, why not change course? Why not pivot? It is okay to pivot if it's not working. Like, that's one of Monty's, like, it's a positive and it's a negative about who Monty is as a coach with all of these guys. He will ride with his guy to the very end. But at some point in time, you have to be able to take a step back and say, this just isn't working. It's just not. And so we're going to make an adjustment. We're going to put Ish Wainwright in there. We're going to put Jock Landale in there. Whomever you can go to because it wasn't working. And I think that's one of the most frustrating parts because you even see it with other guys like, Landry Shaman, a lot of people in the chat are very upset with Landry too. Sometimes you just have to, you just have to sit your guy down and be like, it's not working tonight. Nothing personal. We'll get back at it again next game or tomorrow in practice. But right now we're going to make an adjustment. Well, go small if you have to start. Damian Lee is one of the girthlings said, you know, look at different things ish, whatever the case may be. But you know, by the, the great philosophers, the characters on friends said it best pivot, pivot, pivot. Monty doesn't do that. That's just not what Monty, what Monty does. And, you know, Eldon in the chat says that I, I think Monty is just experimenting, which is what you all want him to do. I'm all for experimenting, but what a good coach knows is, Sometimes experiments fail and you fail fast and, and move on. That's the best way to experiment is to, to move fast. But I want to address one other thing here. Jewel in the chat says, this is what happens when Espo keeps disrespecting other teams. We haven't won a championship ever in history and we're way too freaking cocky. Booker is tunnel fission and completely ignored DA. I wish I had this kind of power, Jewel. I wish that my actions in being excited about this Suns team and being willing to say that they're best team in the Western Conference and the things that I say had any impact on the team, but unfortunately they do not. Because if they did, we'd have multiple titles here in Phoenix because that's what I've always wanted and what I've always tried to speak into existence, and it doesn't work. Um, I think I really like Juan's comment in the chat and their uh, keys to the game. They said, the keys to the game tonight is the Suns were robbed. The rest of the stuff is all nonsense. And you know what? I'm with you, Juan. So we're going to pivot, unlike Monty did tonight, and we're going to move over into some of the positive things. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at More Furniture who have hooked up our studio 
um, downtown with all of the great furniture that we have there. It's so comfortable. Unfortunately, we didn't get to sit on them tonight because we are at home due to health and safety protocols, but we I miss those chairs. So we're going to talk about them. Also, right now, they have a deal going on, Cyber Week. It's still happening. If you need new furniture, check them out. You can save up to 50% during their Cyber Week. Uh, sale. You can find them at more furniture, morfurniture.com, or you can stop by their location here in town. Also, yeah, look, we've, we've seen all those car commercials with the bow and it's like a $70,000 car. We're like, what the hell is this? Nah, if, if your significant other, your loved one, your kid, whatever is looking for some furniture. Now that's something you buy, put a bow on everybody's happy with. <laughs> so go to more furniture and try that. I mean, don't get me started on those commercials because I can literally gripe about them for an hour. So just know <laughs> that they drive me bonkers. Uh, they're living in fantasy land, but not the fun type of fantasy land that you can live in on Underdog Fantasy. This app is fantastic because it's the best way to combine fantasy sports and the potential to win big money. Underdog Fantasy is so much fun. You can play it by yourself. You can play it with your friends. You can play it all season long. You can play it for just one game or one weekend. The flexibility here of this app is the best part, in my opinion, if you have a hard time like committing to something or if you just get a little busy or if your friends won't commit to a full season of fantasy sports, Underdog Fantasy has you covered. And right now, if you sign up with the promo code PHNX, Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So to get started, go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Hey, one of okay. my, one of my favorite uh, one of my favorites. I told you how much I hate playing full season fantasy, and this thing is uh, fixed. Give me the fix I need for fantasy sports without having to uh, actually pay attention to uh, months long uh, roster changes that need to be made. So yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. I know everybody wants to maybe. Well, a couple people in the chat want to keep harping on the Suns. They do need to have some accountability. They do need to look themselves in the mirrors tonight and be like, hey, you know what? We didn't show up to play and we had to take an L because of it. So we need to get in the gym tomorrow, have a good practice, come back on Sunday and be better. It's just as simple as that. We're all in agreement there. But you know me, I miss positivity over here. So we're going to be a little positive for a minute. We talked about Devin off the top. We're going to talk about him for a few more minutes because Devin finished tonight with 41 points on 15 of 25 shooting. Like I said, his third straight game of 40 or more points. It's been fun to watch Devin. And even like there were moments in this game early on, obviously it didn't end well. But early on in the game, there was a point in time where Devin had nine points on four of four shooting when the Houston Rockets had nine points on four of 10 shooting. Like Devin came out of the gates and he was, it's the same thing that we saw last game. He just continued over and it's been fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, look, this doesn't change anything. I, I still think he's MVP one. I mean, he's, he's the guy that is going to make or break this team. Uh, he's now has, is averaging over 29 points a game. He has is caught attention. And I know people will, will be like, oh, well, he lost the Rockets. Yeah, well, he pulled the Luka tonight. He had an amazing game, and his teammates didn't uh, didn't do enough to help him out there. That's, that, that's the bottom line on this. But most nights when he plays like this, they get the dub. We saw it the last two games. 
there's not much that that more that he could have done outside of hit uh, you know one of those final shots that they got there or make those free throws but i mean these are those are small things right in an otherwise pretty impressive game and an unbelievable three game stretch that he's played but this is where having to play him 40 minutes having to having to rely on him fully where it'll it'll wear on him after a while mm-hmm. i mean that's the thing you know that's that's what's going to going to be problematic is he can't play hero every night like it just can't happen he doesn't no guy can can be the only one to carry everything and do it at, at the highest level every minute of every game and it could be a huge factor into some of those missed free throws that he rarely ever misses that we've seen a lot more as of late he could be quite literally tired. <laughs> I know that I know that we shouldn't be making excuses for him and he's young and he's in his prime and he should be able to handle this. But at a certain point in time, you have to take a look at what you're asking him to do, the load you're asking him to carry. Can he handle it? I think so, yes. But also there's going to be a few things that drop off here and there. It's not like we're seeing a consistent drop off in Devin where he's no longer putting up points or he's being a liability or anything of that sort. But should he hit those shots? Yes. Do we also need to maybe look and see what we're asking Book to do and maybe manage some of his load a little bit? Also, yes, I believe. Yeah, well, and in that final uh, stretch there, they had a timeout. Money should have taken a timeout. Money should have taken a timeout. That's where you can really help him is don't put him in a position where they're playing hot potato. Call the timeout because everything was frantic in those final 26 seconds and set it up to where, uh, you know, they can they can get the right play, where they can calm it down. I mean, that's what it comes down to uh, is the biggest thing for me is that you could have you could have prevented that a little bit there at the end. Yeah. And then also, I do want to point out that really crazy, absolutely beautiful shot by Book to end the third quarter. Uh, You know, it's one of those like crazy, unreal shots by Book when he stays on the ground for a few seconds, almost as if he's taking it in in the same way that we are all taking it in. But it strikes a little bit different. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I wonder what goes through his head in those moments because it's got to be such a wild feeling knowing that you're capable of doing something like that, plus the crowd and the noise and the cheers and all of that kind of stuff. Like, I just want to know what goes through his heads in those moments where he's, he's doing the booker, you know? Oh, you know, he's going, yeah, I'm that good. Don't you forget it. You know, like it's a, it's a bit of, you know, it's a bit of, Hey, I'm, I'm disrespecting you right now. I'm so good that I can lay here. Uh, after this play, and uh, and I'm I'm just that good. Yeah, you know you know he's feeling that in those moments. Absolutely. And tonight we're gonna go ahead and name Devin Booker our draft king, king of a game. He's had three straight forty plus point performances, three straight games of being named the king of the game. Congratulations once again to Devin Booker. Forty one points, eight assists, five of twenty five from the field. I want to, I want, I want the, is this, is this the new book? Is this level of book? The book? No, no, no. We don't have to move it up yet. (laughs) No, not, no. Look, he could do this every night. I mean, he could do this every night. The thing is, 
his game's evolved enough where when he has the complement of players out there and they're feeling it, he will pass it. He can have 10 assists uh, rather than having, you know, and having 30 points rather than getting to 40 or 50. Like that's, that's what I love about his game now is it's evolved so much. He, he's changed in the way that he approaches it, but he could do that uh, if, if he needed to night in, night out. And it would not shock me at all. I mean, we talk about how easy it looks, how effortless it looks. I mean, those 18 points in the first quarter looked like he did nothing, you know, like, I mean, it was just, it, it was just rhythm. Uh, that's just him. I mean, I believe he was like seven of eight in that quarter. Uh, he came out shooting spectacularly again. I love it. I, Michael in the chat saying book was ball hogging today. I, I don't think so. I mean, you want him to throw it to DA when DA didn't have it at all, that he kept defaulting to the bad habit of pulling the ball down and getting it slapped away. Like there's a comment of earlier before Michael's, I don't recall who it was and I'm sorry, I can't find it right now, but it was that book shouldn't have passed the ball to campaign at the end. No, it's, it's a balance, right? Like sometimes like the other day we talked about book needing to trust his teammates a little bit more. Um, Just in that specific game is what we were referring to, of course. But then now today we want him. Now he's ball hot. It, you know what I mean? Like it, it's tough. I don't Devin, know. Devin Booker had eight assists. He did have eight assists tonight. He had eight assists. Like this is not a guy that was just looking off his teammates to look off his teammates. It's not a guy that was shooting terribly. This was Devin Booker knowing that he could do uh, what he wanted at times in this game. And he still found his teammates. And to the, to the commoner's point, deferred at the end to try to get campaign who had had a great fourth quarter, uh, some point uh, to, to get the win, to have the better look. Uh, I, as, I'm as not Connor, as Connor in the chat says, it's a balance. You have to go with the flow of the game guys. And he he's doing that. Like, again, we can nitpick the hell out of this game if we wanted to, but at the end of the day, this was just a shitty game. It just was. We lost to a team we should have absolutely not lost to. We know that at times the Suns do play down to their competition. Also, don't forget our second or third, depending on what you want to go with, power forward was out again. We're also missing Chris Paul. We're missing Cam Johnson. Uh, Jay Crowder didn't show to the to the season. Like We're down a, quite a few bodies at this point. Yes, could things have been done for a different outcome? Absolutely. But it is what it is. Again, better to the Rockets than the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, again, we get to this <laughs> place where all we pound the table that oh, you're going to lose some games. Experiment, don't you know this that, and then when it happens, we all get frustrated because we've grown so accustomed to not losing over the last few years. And you know, I'd rather lose a game in December to Houston. Then an important game in March, April, May, and June, uh, you know, because they tried something or things went off the rails or they're missing power forwards at that time. In the whole scheme of things, one game in early December isn't going to change a whole lot of the, you know, the future and the fortunes of this Phoenix Suns team. 
Um, let's see. We've got a couple things in the chat that I do want to mention. Omar said, I'm good with our record after all the injuries we've had. I agree. Hello said, not happy with the itty bitty midi committee. Uh, also kind of agree, but if we're going to, if we're going to go with midi committee, I would rather go with itty bitty midi committee versus just midi committee. That, but that's just me. That's just Monsters me. of the mid range. That's what it should be. <laughs> It doesn't sound like uh, mini committee sounds sounds weak. I, I don't it, it like like they all have to convene to make any decision whatsoever. You know. Well, I also think it's it's tough too because like mid nowadays not a great thing, right? And it kind of yeah. gives me those vibes. So, but it's not a big deal. But I liked last year's. Wasn't last year's monsters of the mid range? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked that one. I think we should bring that one back. Yep, I, don't I do too. But. What do I know? Um, and then Daniel said, I disagree, Lindsay. I'd take a loss against a good team over losing against a terrible team. That's fair. I get that. I, I understand what would I understand that you would rather lose to a good team. But me specifically, I'm talking about the Celtics. The Suns were on a pretty good win streak right now. And they were going to drop. A, it was inevitable. They were going to drop a game at some point in time. Because of the conversation between Devin Booker and Jason Tatum and these two teams, I would rather have them drop to this game, specifically in this context of like this next set of games versus the Celtics. Because if the Suns lose to the Celtics, you know exactly what that narrative is going to sound like. And it's not going to be great. And it's going to make all of us really freaking angry. And so that's why I'm glad that they got this out of their system now. And hopefully we will get a win against the Celtics. That, look, that's, it's in this specific context of this next set of games. Yeah, look, would I love to go 82-0? You're damn right I would. But I'm okay with losses happening. They're going to happen. Uh, and this one's easy to explain. You lose a little focus. Uh, you, know, you, you have the free throw discrepancy. There's, there's reasons that this makes sense as to why it happened. It wasn't like they just came out and played like crap and got the doors blown off them by Houston. There, this was an easily winnable game, and you can correct those things. I'd much rather do that than, yeah, like you said, go out and, and lose a head scratcher to Boston uh, on Wednesday and go, well, how the hell did that happen? Or, uh, you know, lose to the Mavs uh, in some bizarre way uh, where, you know, you never hear the end of it. Those kind of things. Like, I'm okay with a Houston loss uh, like this in December. Now, if you do this, if you do this in March when you're fighting for playoff positioning and you know something big's on the line, then I'll be pissed off. So Yeah. And, and again, you know, Daniel, I get it. Like, we shouldn't have lost this game. I know that that's what you're saying, and I completely agree with you. We absolutely should not have lost this game. But we named our DraftKings King of the Game, so let me tell you about DraftKings uh, Sportsbook app. It's super fun, a uh, heck of a great time when you're watching games. It makes really exciting games even more exciting. It makes really boring games actually exciting. It's basically a win-win, plus the fact that you could win some money on the app, too. Uh, maybe today we should have bet against the Suns. I feel like I saw somebody on Twitter that's like, Suns got me wanting to bet against them when it's a really bad team and they're on a win streak. I don't know. Maybe that's a move. You can decide for yourself if you want to make that move. But you should download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you should use the code PHNX when you sign up because when you use that code, you can place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you're going to get $150 in free bets. 
That's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Saul and I were talking yesterday, Espo. Devin's odds, I haven't looked today, but yesterday they had dropped to 2,500 for the MVP, plus 2,500. Last week when we were talking about this, they were at a plus 4,500. Yeah, when I had my brain aneurysm about uh, these Suns, uh, Devin Booker's uh, MVP chances, you probably should have hopped on it because I don't think they're going to be any better than plus 4,500 where they were at that time because uh, they ebb and flow, but I don't think he'll fall that uh, that low again this year. So I, now I even think at, at plus uh, at plus. 2,500 plus 2,000 still getting in on that is a, is a good opportunity over the DraftKings Sportsbook app for sure. Uh, I liked one thing Midge in the uh, comments said, uh, just, you know, I would be surprised if this loss started a bad streak for the Suns. Uh, they are too resilient to let things slip and let it uh, get to them. We lost the magic. Remember bounce back wonderfully. I think it's a good point under Monty Williams. Uh, and over the last three years, this team doesn't tend to lose back to back and uh, doesn't really, uh, you know, it doesn't really let these kind of losses get to them. They use it as motivation, if anything. So I would be very surprised if they have a bad game in San Antonio uh, on Sunday. And if they do, I'm just going to blame it on the fact that they're starting at 1.30 for some god-awful reasons. So. I hate those 1.30 games. It's stupid, too. You're, the NFL's just... playing that right then. Why, why are you deciding to go head-to-head with the NFL when you don't have to? Stupid San Antonio. <sighs> Kids? Maybe they're trying to be more kid-friendly on Sundays? That's the only thing I can think of. As our title of the show was, F them kids. If they don't want to stay up and watch a game, they're not dedicated enough to this team. Get your transistor radio out or listen on your app while you're stuck in bed like I had had to when I was a kid. Find a way to listen or watch the game. Come on. That's fair. Okay, so we have a couple super chats that I want to talk about real quick. So Trevor, thank you for your super chat. says positive – what is it? Positivity? Yeah, positivity, love. This team – that's why I hate losing. Um, totally get it. Hate losing too, but there's no team ever that has won 82 straight games. It just, you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but we love this team, win or lose. Also, we had a super chat from yesterday's show, but yesterday's show was pre recorded. So I want to give some love to Biscuits and Bayer. Thank you for your super chat. They sent us $51 yesterday and said, Thank you for bringing so much joy to my day. Thank oh. you. This gets in there for being here. All of you guys, thank you for being here. We really appreciate um, your support. And you guys bring a lot of joy to our days. So love all around. Can can I bring something from the department of we're not the only ones having a bad day? It's all right? Yes. Jose makes a great point. Uh, Jason Tatum only had nine points today and the Celtics lost. So There you go. Look at that. Look it at happens us, to everybody. Look at us. Look at us. Who'd have thought? Um, Okay. And then the next chat that I want to mention is from Code. Code said, I want Mikkel to end this streak. He plays like he's afraid of getting hurt in college. He had so much explosiveness going to the rim. And I don't know what happened to that version of Mikkel. So, you know, it's interesting. I've seen a lot of people talk about this lately, them wanting Mikkel to end that Ironman streak so that he can play a little more freely 
he can maybe initiate contact more and not be so worried about, I don't know if that sits in the back of his mind or not. Um, but I've seen a lot of people mention it. Obviously we did see Mikel get a little banged up there at the end of the game. Gerald Borgay is still um, out due to an illness that we're not sure what it is, but he's hopeful he'll be back tomorrow. He's day-to-day or on Sunday. He's day-to-day, but Kellen Olsen tweeted out um, from media availability after the game tonight. He said, Mikel Bridges said he thinks um, it was a hyperextension to his right knee. He's going to get it checked. So that's kind of um, the situation that's going on with Mikel right now. We can't afford to lose any more guys to injuries. This sucks. I hope he's okay, but I still totally get the sentiment around wanting Mikel to end that streak. Is this thing yeah. on? Uh, yeah. James Jones, uh, please trade for somebody. Uh, we're, we're getting a little thin around here. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. At some point, you're going to have to make the move just because you don't have anybody else that can play at certain positions. Uh, and and we're getting really thin. Look, if Mikhail has to miss a few games, so be it. As long as it's nothing serious, I'm fine with that. Like, again, this is the time of year I'd rather have this kind of start stuff happen than on, in the second half uh, of the year. But at some point, you're you're when you're starting Dario or Ish uh, Wainwright or, you know, I, I love Damian Lee, but even the, Damian Lee, you've now gotten into that third layer of, of your roster in some cases. And, and that's not where you can be sitting. You need, you need some reinforcements at some point on this roster. This bench has done admirably this year, but I think we all still know that there are still some gaps in this bench that you're going to have to fill. And, you know, December 15th is right around the corner where I think more than half the league becomes trade eligible at that point. Uh, and the Suns may be sitting in a position where they could use that additional help. Yeah. And, you know, the the latest update we got from the Suns about the whole Jay Crowder situation was from James Jones when he got his promotion to president of basketball operations and general manager. And he said, They've been talking to people. They just haven't found the right fit. They haven't found a guy that they want to trade for, a deal that they want to pull the trigger on that they think makes sense for this team right now. But as you mentioned, that December 15th date is coming around soon. More guys will be available. And then, of course, come closer to February, the trade deadline, there's going to be a deal made sooner rather than later. At some point in time, like we're getting to that point where – you got to make a deal or else you may as well just let them go. Yeah. I mean, at some point it's, it's diminishing returns mm-hmm. with Jay. If you, if you just let him sit there until the actual trade deadline, I think you're going to get next to nothing for him because he's been sitting out for that long. So at some point you're going to actually have to uh, pull the trigger on that and make it happen. By the way, correction, Jason Tatum had 14 points and 12 rebounds in 41 minutes of play in an overtime game. Not okay, much well, better. Still, same thing. <laughs> 9, 14. For a guy like Jason Tatum, a guy like Book, like that, that's a low-scoring game. Yep. By the way, Code, uh, Espo's generation of Suns fans did something to piss off the basketball <laughs> gods, and they need to repent. It's Let me make fault. this very clear. The Suns had this long before I was born. 
I was not around in the 70s. I was not real, you know, lucid about what was going on with the Suns until the late 80s. So I, I don't think I could take full blame for this, but I'm sure something I've done over the years has pissed off at least some kind of God in some way. Mm, I still think I'm going to blame you. That's fine. Uh, Daniel said, can someone clarify that promotion for me? What was James Jones' titles, title before that? He was the general manager already. So we, James Jones was the general manager of the Phoenix Suns. But how this kind of worked is when he first joined the Suns, he was vice president of basketball operations, and Ryan McDonough was the general manager. And when Ryan McDonough was relieved of his duties, James Jones was then named the general manager. And there is there was no president or vice president of basketball operations, correct? Correct. Once and then, Lon Babby left, yeah. there was no president of basketball operations. And then this is just an added title and responsibility and authority, I guess you could say, or power um, added to James Jones. So he is now the president of basketball operations and the general manager of the Phoenix Suns. And what he said in his press conference was essentially that this allows him to look at the macro um, a little bit more. He's able to delegate some of his general manager duties, if you will, to other people on his staff. It allows him to look at things on the Mercury side as well. Um, and he said right now he does not intend on hiring somebody else to take the role of general manager. Like that's not in their um, near future plans. But from my, uh, the vibes I got from that conversation was that down the line, it sounds like he is going to hire somebody else to be the general manager and he will be the president of basketball operations and kind of maybe be the one who's like sign, like signing off on the, the trades and the deals and the people they're drafting and all that kind of stuff, but allowing other people on his staff to carry the load a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put on the tinfoil hat uh, here as well. And it would not shock me if this move was made because there'll be some other shifts in uh, the upper management in the Phoenix Suns, maybe not on basketball ops, and that that they needed some kind of president uh, there that could uh, could at least kind of be a figurehead until all this ownership stuff's figured out and the business side stuff's figured out. So I think part of that comes into play as well here. Mm-hmm. So we have one more super chat from Code. Thank you for your super chat. They said, the problem with losing to the Rockets is that this team still has the same attitude that made us lose game seven. They should be destroying bad teams instead of playing down. Still haven't learned. Do you think this could be an issue, Espo? I think it's an issue in the NBA in general. Like, if you look at these games, a lot of bad teams come back when when good teams are, are up big. Uh, part of it's just the nature of basketball, too. You know, there's runs. I mean, it's just it's back and forth in a lot of cases. And, and rarely, uh, you know, do you see every – you know, every bad team get crushed every night. There's, there's just factors that go into it. Uh, if again, and I don't want to harp on this, but if you take out the free throw discrepancy tonight, this is a blowout from, from the way that they played offensively, the way that they shot, I, you know, so I don't think this is an attitude problem. I think they got cold at the wrong time. I think they ran with the bench for too long. Again, made a made a, a mistake in who they started tonight all things that are not going to be hopefully problems when you come to the playoffs because you should have a lineup where you're playing 
your your starting five, uh, you know, or at least four of your starting five, uh, and things are rolling a little bit better. The, this people forget this is still a very patchwork team right now, especially in the starting lineup. Yeah, I think if if this type of thing was happening in March and April, I think I would probably feel a little bit more concern um, around that that sentiment that code shared with us right now. I think I'm, I'm okay. I don't, I don't know that I would say fully that they hadn't learned their lesson or that they're like repeating woes of, of years past. Um, but if it, if we still see stuff like this come March and April, then I will probably be a little concerned because that was the, that was that point in time last year, late in the season where they started dropping a few games and it was split 50-50 from the fan base. Sir, there were some of us who were like, it's not a big deal. Look at what they've done. They don't have anything else to play for. It's fine. They're just getting rest for the playoffs, yada, yada, yada. And there was another side who was like, this is setting very bad standards heading into the playoffs. Get your head back in the game. Obviously, they needed to get their head back in the game. So, Look, what the Suns need is no more injuries. No more injuries would be a really good thing to help them out. Oh, and hey, how about a little less drama off the court? You know, self-inflicted wounds are not helping either. So yeah. overall, you know, things will quiet down. Injuries will become less. They'll make whatever trade they're going to make. I, you know, the the vast the vast swing that we can feel from, uh, you know, Wednesday night and a big win against the Bulls to Friday night and a loss to the Rockets. Man, it's a it's a uh, it's a roller coaster in the way that we we react to things for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're going to take another break because I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Four Peaks. So if you are live listening to this on Friday night, set your alarm for tomorrow morning because we're having another watch party down at the Four Peaks Brewery for the World Cup. This one, I believe, tips are starts at eight a.m. So the doors open at seven a.m. They're going to have a brunch menu as well as their regular menu. It's going to be a lot of fun. Highly recommend getting there pretty early, though, because it does get kind of packed in there. Super fun, but it gets really busy really fast. So if you want like a really good table with the best view, definitely get there early. But then in addition to that, they also launched their holiday season advent calendar box, which is really cool. So it's a box that comes with a bunch of different beer in it and it's literally like an advent calendar you don't know what you're going to get you open one day at a time and you get a different four peaks beer super fun for the holidays would make a great gift so if you want to check that out just head on down to their pub in tempe but just a reminder you do have to be 21 years or older to enjoy four peaks beer and we ask that you enjoy it responsibly yeah don't be getting that advent calendar for your kids is what that means that's a yeah, dad and mom that's, gift, all that's right? A, that's yeah, a, that's an advent calendar for you while they get to eat the chocolate. Yeah, exactly, or the stickers, whatever. By the way, Daniel in the chat, kudos to you. I've been on the Carmelo train for weeks now. Bring him in. It can't hurt. I mean, the worst comes to worst. You just cut him when everybody's healthy. Bring him in. It's a warm bo- body that can score points. I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, what's the harm, I suppose, right? Yeah. You lose a little bit of server's money and it doesn't work out. Sounds like a win to me. That's fine with me. If I'm them, I'm spending everything I can right now. Like, you know, 
I, 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 I'm a big Conan O'Brien fan. And when he lost the tonight show and he had like two weeks left, he just spent NBC's money like crazy for their show. I, I say, go the same mindset, just spend uh, the disgraced future former owners money. Like it's going out of style, uh, you know, bring in every minimum vet contract you can and go, now nah, we don't like him. Cut him after a day. Just spend that cash. Why not? Why not? Espo, before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you would like to highlight from tonight's game or bring up? Uh, campaign. Campaign played very well tonight. I mean, he came through, uh, obviously, another person that didn't get it done at the very end of the game. But I think we got spoiled last year where we just expected every clutch moment to go the sun's way. Uh, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So I'm okay with that. But he finished with 20 points, 12 rebounds, was 8 of 10 from the floor, 4 of 7 uh, from 3. This was a very good campaign game. And when, when Devin was out, when the offense wasn't, wasn't working, he came in and he scored some points to keep, uh, keep him afloat there in the fourth. Uh, I have been immensely impressed with campaign. He was a guy that in the offseason, I was I was standing for making him the third point guard, going out and finding a true backup point guard because of what we saw or didn't see last year in the regular season of the playoffs. But he has done everything and more that you could have asked for from him. And, uh, you know, and I, I this is my mea culpa. I'm sorry, Cam. I, I've been very impressed this year. You've come out, you've done the work, and you've really done what this team needed while Chris Paul's been out to put them at, at a 15-7 and seven record. And tonight, he did everything he could to try, to try to help them get the win. It was him and it was Book tonight, and uh, it just wasn't enough. Yeah, I've absolutely been so happy with campaign and the way that he's been able to step up into that starting unit and, and not just, not just maintain, but go above maintaining. He's been contributing at a pretty high level. And I'm very proud of campaign because like you said, last year we were getting real concerned. And I know he, he, he's mentioned that he's seen the comments, you know, over the last season and he felt what the fans were feeling towards him. And it's just been really great to see him have a, a fantastic year so far and uh, get back to that campaign that we originally saw when he first joined this Suns team. And hopefully he can keep it up because campaign is very valuable to this team. And he's easy to root for. So props, flowers to campaign tonight. Flowers to campaign. Very much. Um, I don't have anything else about the game, but I will say shout out to everyone in the chat who complimented my Christmas tree. I appreciate it. Y'all making me feel really good about my Christmas tree decorations. Yeah, I tried to fit one in here, but then I couldn't be in the shot. So I decided, uh, yeah, I won't do a Christmas tree in this It's room. hard to put a Christmas tree in the, the clothes. I also don't know why it looks like I have a pool light going on next to me. I have a different camera in here tonight, and it ain't working. So it won't yeah. be here the next time. So. Also, um, one last thing from the chat, which I thought was kind of neat. Let me see. Eldon said that he looked up. Oh, no, AZ King. AZ King said he looked up recovery times for hyperextension without ligament damage, but then he didn't actually tell me what it was. 
Um, but then Eldon said Giannis hyperextended his knee in 2021 and was writhing on the ground in pain, was back playing great six days later. So um, if that's like worst case scenario, six days, that's that's great. So hopefully nothing too bad. Mikel did say he was going to get it checked out. So I'm sure we'll get an update at some point in time. It wouldn't surprise me if he played on Sunday. It also wouldn't surprise me if they kept him out just to be safe. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, it would not shock me if he was in that starting lineup on Sunday, especially given uh, if, if, especially if Tory Craig can't go, it would not shock me if McHale's in the lineup, by the way, Connor, yes, it does look like I'm in the club with this light going on. Uh, so <laughs> it is a Friday night. So you got to have some fun. Well, thank you guys all for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. Hopefully you feel better now after that son's loss to the Rockets. We'll, we'll uh, enjoy your Saturday and we'll turn things around on Sunday. So make sure you meet us right back here Sunday, 30 minutes before tip off for a pregame show. And again, right after it wraps up for a postgame show. Hopefully Gerald and Saul will also be back then and we'll all be together. If not, you know, we'll hold it down for you as best that we can. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindseySmithAZ and you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. Hey, it just said Paul, so it could be Cliff. Ahoy hoy.